Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Welcome back, ladies. I am so excited for today's episode because I am going to be talking with Katie DePaula, and Katie has an absolutely incredible story. She is an entrepreneur, author, and the founder of the Inner Glow Circle, which is an accredited training and certification company for women coaches, leaders, and entrepreneurs. Right after starting Inner Glow Circle, Katie actually lost her brother to an accidental overdose. She also is a Lyme disease survivor and built her business from her bathtub, growing the company from self-funded startup to million-dollar business. Through certification programs, memberships, and online courses, Katie has taught thousands of women how to find their purpose, live it, and get paid. Or as she says, glow through what you go through. She has an incredible story, and today she and I are going to be talking all about overcoming those setbacks and challenges that get in the way of you having the life that you dream of and running the business that you want. I cannot wait for you to hear Katie's advice on how she overcame these struggles and how you can too. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Haley. I'm so excited to have you on to share your absolutely incredible story. I'm super excited because I know when I heard a little bit about you, I was like, I have to bring this girl on the show. Oh. So tell everybody a little bit about you, give them your story, how you got here, and all those incredible details that definitely won me over. Yeah. Um, so I'm Katie DePaula. I'm the founder and CEO of Inner Glow Circle. And um, through our trainings and certification programs, I've helped thousands of women entrepreneurs find their purpose, live it, and get paid. And that's, that's our mission, to help people find their purpose, live it, and get paid. And what's really cool is that we've gone from self-funded um, and, and really startup mode to now growing into a million-dollar business this year, which we're pacing to do. And that's a really great success story, obviously. Um, but my early business years were full of challenges, and I think that's probably where we want to focus in today. So, yeah, I mean, the I think the real story goes back farther than me starting IGC, um, even farther back than my brother passing away, which my brother died in 2015 from an accidental overdose. Um, a big part of my story is that I was sick for a really long time and didn't have a diagnosis. But... I ended up getting diagnosed with Lyme disease in early 2014. Um, but I think before all of that, what happened was that I went to college. I went to a great school. I went to Vanderbilt. I graduated. I moved to New York City. And I thought that was like the dream. Um, and, and after a few jobs in PR and marketing and sales, I was just having that overarching experience of, is this all there is? And, and, you know, that feeling of like, there's got to be more to life. There has to be more to life. So 
I, you know, I started searching around and um, like many people, one day I found myself crying in the office bathroom and I called my dad and I was like, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So for whatever reason, it was my instinct to call my dad. And I was like, I was like, dad, I can't do this anymore. Like, is this, is this all there is? And is this what work is supposed to feel like? I just remember feeling so dead every day when I was going to the office and I worked at like a really fun startup company. So it wasn't, you know, an issue of that company or the culture. And I was starting to make really good money because I was, I was selling and um, there were a lot of cute guys at the office. Like there were reasons that to be excited, but I just wasn't fulfilled. I didn't feel like my life had a point and I, I just wasn't happy. I was like really, really not happy. So from that point, I made a few quick decisions that, you know, eventually led me to becoming an entrepreneur, then becoming a coach, and now starting my current company, Inner Glow Circle. That's just incredible. And I don't know how you made it through everything you made it through. I know you just kind of touched on those things where you got diagnosed with Lyme disease and your brother passed away. And I mean, those are really, really hard things. Yeah. And so first of all, just kudos to you for even stepping away from that thing that you thought was the dream because you knew that it wasn't fulfilling you. I mean, not a lot of people do that. There's so many people that stay in corporate jobs or, you know, in these industries that they have a degree in because they feel like they worked so hard to get there and that's what makes their money and that's what they have to do for the rest of their life. So kudos to you and I'm sure kudos to your dad for whatever he advice, whatever advice he gave you on that phone call that day, because I mean, it's just, it's an incredible thing to do and it's a scary thing to do. And, you know, to now be saying, well, I started this company and it's going to make a million dollars this year. I mean, that's really incredible. That's a, that's an, a goal that it's attainable, but it's so hard to work for and not a lot of people do. And so I just, I think that's so amazing. I think that's the coolest part of your story, even after all of the things that you've gone through. And I just, I'm curious how you found the motivation to do those things. What was your, you know, I know you said you weren't fulfilled working with that startup company, but what was your actual motivation to say, okay, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to become an entrepreneur you know, what were those motivations that got you through all the hard things that you went through? And what's your advice to our listeners for how they can find their own motivation? Yeah. Well, I I mean, really like my motivation was just my discomfort. And I think, you know, the the thing is, so I, I started my first company in 2012 and I didn't get diagnosed with Lyme disease in 24 until 2014. And then My brother passed away in 2015. So I think that like one of the things that saved me during those really hard years was that I had already laid some of the foundational planks of like following my purpose and going after my dreams. And I had had some early signs of success. And so, I mean, I still could have very easily thrown in the towel and had multiple reasons or justifications to do that. But I've always been like sort of stubborn. And I think that as an entrepreneur, you have to be a little bit stubborn. Like you have to be a little bit blind to what everyone or else, what everyone else around you is doing, what your friends from high school are doing, what your friends from college are doing, what your friends in whatever city you live in are doing, what your family does. Like, you know, even though I came from 
a family of entrepreneurs. Like we have one main family business that pretty much everyone in our family is connected to in some way. And so to go outside of that box actually was really different. And my first move when I left New York City was a transitional move. So my dad had said, you know, come home and you can work for the family business. And I was like, okay, like anything sounded like a relief. And, you know, I did have this pull to go home. And and now looking back, I think that was because I intuitively knew like things were going to happen. You know, and my brother was, we didn't really know it then, but my brother was starting to struggle with um, drugs and, and mental health. And, you know, I, I was sick. I was chronically sick. And with Lyme, you have a lot of ups and downs and it's really hard to track for, you know, often. Um, so, and I wasn't getting a clear diagnosis. So I thought a lot of it was like just in my head. Cause that's kind of what doctors were telling me and pointing me to, but I just, I was really like a restless soul. Like, I think that was a big part of it. And I think that's been a big part of my success is that I am like a seeker, like I'm always searching. And I, I even think that that's why I was able to finally put the pieces together that I had Lyme disease. And I think that that's why years after everything happened with Bo, that's my brother's name, and with the Lyme and I also went through a really tough breakup with my, um, with my fiance at the time I had been engaged and we were also business partners and that relationship dissolved in a really destructive way. We ended up going to court, there were restraining orders, like it was really, really bad. And so I, I, you know, that same like stubbornness and, um, just like inability to let things rest was what led me to realizing like I, I had PTSD and getting treatment for that. And so I think it was, I think it's just like my stubborn nature and my desire to understand things. Like I've always been one of those people in, in school, my teachers wanted to smack me because I was, I was always like, why, you know, why? I remember just in class one day being like, why do penguins walk? Like a teacher was showing a video and I was talking about how penguins like walk or waddle. And I'm like, why, why? And she thought I was being smart, but I was really serious. Like I just needed to know why. And, and that's always been a big part of my journey. And so when I don't have an answer for something or when a doctor can't give me an answer for something or someone on my team can't give me an answer, I'm like, okay, then let's figure it out. Let's get to the bottom of it. So you know, it, it's not like the, the, the most relaxing way to live. Like I definitely struggle with, um, settling down and, and, you know, trusting sometimes and just like letting things happen and surrendering. That's sort of my edge in my own personal and spiritual journey. But I, I do feel that my persistence is what has helped me continue to grow and thrive um, and really, like I say, glow through what I, I've been going through. Yeah. And you're just resilient too. I think that that's a huge part of it because I was just talking with somebody the other day about how I truly believe that your success and your ability to connect with people and just all of the good things that are going to come out of your life are like directly correlated to how many times you're willing to stand back up after you've been knocked down. Yeah. And you did that. You stood up over and over and over again through all of these challenges 
and just said, no, sitting down isn't good enough. And so I think that resilience is something so many people have to work so hard for. And so the fact that it just came so naturally to you to just stand back up, I mean, that's just a really incredible thing. And I love too, that you just like took back the word stubborn. You were like, <laughs> I, I'm really stubborn. I've always been really stubborn. I was a stubborn kid. And you know, when you hear that growing up, usually it's not said as a good thing. It's like, oh, she's really yeah. stubborn or, you know, whatever. And, and it, it's, you know, we get those, especially as women and I'm, you know, guys get it too sometimes, but especially as women, you know, growing up and especially as like teenagers and all through high school and college, you get those words like stubborn and bossy and, you know, stuff like that, that they're always said in a negative way. And so I love that you just took that back uh-huh. and you're like, I am stubborn and it's awesome because it's the reason I've gotten back up over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I just love that. Yeah. You have to own it. Yeah, you do. You really have to own all those parts of yourself. I think so many people, especially nowadays with, you know, social media being as heavy as it is and everybody just, you know, posting everything on Instagram and, and wanting it to look so perfect. I think it's really hard for people to just own all of the parts of themselves instead of just owning the parts that they want people to see or that they think people are supposed to see. Right. So I just, I think your story is just so freaking incredible. Like it's just awesome. Thank you. So what, and maybe you don't have a good answer for this, so that's okay. But what do you feel like was kind of the turning point in your business for when it started to really go upward? Because I know you said you had a business back in 2012 with the fiance and that whole thing didn't work out. And, you know, when did you start Inner Glow Circle and when did you really start to see it grow? And is there anything you can kind of attest that growth to? Well, here's what's crazy. So I started IGC um, in the beginning of 2015 and it was like two months later that I got a call that my brother had passed away and I was in San Francisco for some work stuff with my fiance at the time. And he was involved in my current business. So I didn't start a different business. I just fought to get him out of the business and I got full control of the company because I was the one who put money in and it was my idea and it was all my clients and my friends and my colleagues in the coaching industry that I brought to the table. And so I had gotten duped a little bit. I mean, in my defense, I was sick and my brother was struggling with addiction and at that point kind of going in and out of rehab. And um, we got engaged really quickly. We had known each other for a long time, but we got engaged after like five months. And just my world was spinning and it seemed like something that was going to settle things down. When in reality, it was it it made things much much worse and much more chaotic. Um, but I was young and and I was hurting, so I was looking for some sort of stability. And in a way, it seemed like you know he was going to save me in some aspects. Like he promised to help me with my business and you know help help me go through my treatment and and all these things and. And so, you know, what ended up happening was that the relationship didn't work out and we were still connected in business together. And so I fought for a year to get my company back and it was expensive, (laughs) you know, legal fees are expensive, 
But I remember my dad said to me once, he was like, Katie, you're not a real business person until you've been through your first like legal situation, until you've been to court for your business. And I was like, okay. So I, I just trained myself to see everything as an opportunity. And also I knew from my own experiences following people in the self-help world that, you know, stories are what sell. And so it's not like I was, I wasn't intentionally manifesting all of this, but when all these things were happening, I always had that light of like, I'm going to write about this someday. Like I'm going to tell these stories. And I started writing. Like I've always been a writer and I've always kept a journal pretty faithfully, but I started writing, you know, more religiously. And I started writing anytime I really needed to share and didn't know where to go. And so I just, you know, I was, I, 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 I knew that vulnerability was, was popular. Like I knew that vulnerability sold and I knew that you had to do it the right way. And I knew that I had things to share and be vulnerable about. And so as much as I could, you know, without doing it in a way that my clients would think I wasn't capable of running a business, I shared parts of my story. And I also like did a lot of healing work. Like I was working with a lot of different doctors and a lot of different, um, at one point I went through like seven therapists trying to find someone who was a real match for me. So again, like I just, I just kept going. Like it was like, I was, I was in this like thick mud walking through life and it was so hard. I remember just like every day felt so hard and I just kept going because I like, I didn't really think I had another option. The only other option would have been giving up. And if I was going to give up, that meant like completely giving up. And, you know, I, if I'm completely honest, and for those who are listening, who are going through really, really hard times, there were times where I prayed that God would like take me in my sleep if I wasn't meant to be living anymore because life felt so hard. I mean, I had physical pain that was debilitating to the point that I was bedridden for months. I lost feeling in half my body. I had nerve damage. I had brain damage. Like most of that ended up being reversible because I ended up finding a doctor who could completely get rid of my Lyme. But I had seen over 30 doctors who told me that it was never going to go away. And that we could piece, you know, I could piece like parts of myself back together, but that I was never going to have the life that I had. And, you know, growing up, I was an athlete and I was president of student government and I was prom queen and I was like all those things. And so I still wanted to have that in my adult life. And the only alternative to fighting through it and walking through that thick mud as uncomfortable and gross as it sounds, was giving up, like giving up completely. And I just, I had to take that option off the table. And once I took the option off the table of giving up, once giving up was not an option at all, then miracles started to happen. And I started to see things I didn't see before. You know, I think that like people talk a lot about manifestation and the law of attraction and, and things like that in in our 
world in our industry. And I think that a big part of that is like, you know, sometimes we don't fully decide, like we just don't fully choose something. We stay in this place of one foot in, one foot out. And if you're one foot out, one foot in, one foot out, you're always straddling a line. And if you're always straddling a line, you're just not choosing. And if you're not choosing, then like you, you, you literally are, you know, your, your sight is like split. Your ears are split. Like you're hearing one thing, you're hearing another. You're seeing one thing, you're seeing another. You see something that seems like a sign, then you see something else that seems like a sign in the other direction. And that's why like we have to have this level of sovereignty and choice in our lives because if we leave it up to other people, you know, or even if it's like, you know, this outside thing like God or the universe or whatever, you know, whatever you believe in, it's still not you. Like you have to make a choice. And so I finally decided that I was staying here and that I was going to find a way and that there had to be a cure and that I had to be able to make peace with my brother's death and that I could be in a healthy relationship again, and that all of those things were possible. I mean, that was the thing for me, Haley. I just had to really go back to what is actually possible, not what's probable, not what's likely, not what other people have said they've done, but what is actually possible if I believe in the quote impossible, and then everything's possible. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. What what's possible instead of probable. That's I'm probably going to put that on a quote card later because that's just that that hits right to the point of everything you just talked about is just believing in yourself enough and knowing that your only other option is to quit. And you said that earlier. And I, I really kind of focused in on that part because I talk a lot when, when I do speaking engagements, when I coach women, I talk a lot about taking risks and, you know, stop saying what if, and start saying, why not stop saying like, what if I could do this? And what if I had that and start saying, well, you know, why not me? Why can't I do this? And I think that's exactly what you did. You looked at everything that was going on around you and you went, yeah, this is hard, but my only other option is to give up. And I think so often that's the easy choice. And so people are like, okay, it's been too hard. I've done too much it's not working, it's not growing, and I'm just over it. And so quitting is the easy choice, giving up is the easy choice, and that's what they do. And, you know, I talk about this idea of stop saying what if, but the reality is at some point in your life, you're going to say what if, and you can do it now, and you can turn that into a why not, and you can start doing the thing that you're afraid to do, or you can wait till you get to the end end of your life, and you can say, well, what if I had just tried? And that's going to be the worst what if you can possibly say. And I think you really encompassed that entire idea because you just said, I can't give up because if that's my only other option, I've got to keep moving forward. I've got to keep growing. I've got to keep climbing. And, you know, there's that old quote, and I don't know who originally said it, but there's that old quote that everything you want is right on the other side of fear. Yeah. It's right on the other side of your comfort zone. And I think so often, And I I truly believe this. You were talking about manifesting and law of attraction and all this stuff. I truly believe that when everything starts to get really, truly hard enough to make you think about giving up, you're right on the brink of something incredible. Mm -hmm. Because I really, truly believe that when you get that close to something truly incredible happening in your life, everything's going to start to try to get you to give up. 
And if you'll just push through all of those really uncomfortable things and let yourself be uncomfortable for a little while, then you'll get to that thing that you really truly want to get to. And, and you just said all of that, you know, you, you ended up finding a doctor who could help cure your Lyme disease after 30 something doctors. Most people would have maybe gotten a second opinion, maybe possibly a third if they're, you know, pretty persistent. And after about three doctors, they would have said, okay, well, I'm screwed. I'm stuck with this. And you went to 30. I mean, you went to, t you went 10 times above and beyond what most people would have done. And I think that probably translated a lot into your business because now you're, you're up, you're looking to do a million dollars this year. And most people spend their whole life trying to figure out how to break into six figures because when it gets hard, they just quit. And so, you know, I love this whole conversation about persistence because I feel like that's what we don't have enough of. You know, we live in this really social media heavy world where it's so easy to look at what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And if you can't keep your eyes on your own paper and keep mm -hmm. standing back up and keep saying, okay, well, I can't quit. And that's my only other option. Then you're just going to end up placing second to what everybody else is doing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, this has been just an incredible conversation. I think we'll, we'll kind of close it out now, but I definitely think that you've given our listeners so much motivation because I know we all have those days, you know, even if you're not fighting a chronic disease or have a death in the family, you're fighting something every day. And I think we all have both little and big things that we have to fight through and challenges that we have to face. And, you know, even sometimes those smaller things can be the hardest things to go through. And, and so I feel like just, this was such a motivational conversation to remind people that you're in charge of what you decide to do and whether you decide to continue or not. And in the end, your persistence and your resilience is going to be what really makes the difference on whether or not you're successful and whether or not you're happy. Totally. Well, since it's the end of the episode, I do have a fun little lightning round that I like to do with our guests. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so just some fun, lighthearted questions. So don't overthink it. I'm so nervous. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've done this before. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, I turn off my alarm. Like, I'm like, no, I'm such a sleeper. Someone else asked me this question recently. There's this whole thing about morning routine. I, I try to spend some time, you know, journaling, and I I'll do, like, morning pages and write in the morning quite often. Um, but the first thing I do in the morning is, like, wish I could go back to sleep or try. I'm so happy you said that. We are officially best friends. Because, <laughs> no, I'm so serious. Everybody comes on this show and even the people who like don't have a really awesome morning routine, they're like, oh, well, I just check my phone and give myself, you know, a few minutes to myself. And I'm like over here, like, am I the only person in the world who nah. hits snooze and goes back to sleep? <laughs> so I am so glad you said that because now I know. I am not the only one. Just own it. We got to own it. Exactly. Right? We're lying to ourselves. We're lying to everyone else. <laughs> and then we've got these crazy expectations based on the lies other people have told us. So yep. absolutely. What is the last book that you read? 
Um, oh my God. What's the last book I read? Honestly, the last book I read, here we go. I, I'm going to sound like such a mess. The last book I read in full, I don't even remember, but I'm, I'm finishing my book. Okay. So I do think it's a little bit tough to be reading other people's works when you're trying to really, really just hear your voice. Yeah. So that's my like excuse. I am in the process of reading Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza, but I've been reading it for a while. So, you know. Okay. All right. I hear you. (laughs) Hearing my own voice is like, is tough. There's a lot of noise. So I have sort of intentionally been cutting back on reading. There you go. Yeah. That's a great excuse to not be reading a book. I mean, that's, that's probably the only excuse for not reading. Right. Yeah. No, I love that though, because there's definitely so much information out there and it's really easy to start taking in almost too much advice and too much content. Right. Good for you for knowing you need to do that. All right. What is one thing that you recommend to everybody? So it can be a product, a service you use, something in your business, anything you want, but what is something you feel like everybody just has to have? I was going to say drink water when you started talking. There you go. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a really good one. We all need water. I mean, it's so important. I just think like the most basic things are actually what make a good life. I recommend drinking water and I really do recommend journaling. Like I think writing and connecting with yourself is so important. Yeah. I love that. Those are great recommendations. That's perfect. (laughs) All right. Last question. What is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Oh, I mean, the best piece of advice I've ever been given is just don't give up. I mean, there's like, I think there's like a Winston Churchill quote that's like, never give up, never give up, never give up. But I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's sort of the only way to live life. I think sometimes the quotes we say are the most cliche are the ones that actually make the biggest impact in our lives. Yeah. And, And I love that you said that just because it goes so so closely with everything we just talked about and with your whole story and talking about persistence and all of those things. So I think it was the perfect way to end the conversation. So I love that you said it. I don't think it's cliche at all. You can't let things take you out of the game. You know what I mean? Whatever you want. Like I say, you have to glow after it, but the challenges you have in your life can hold you back, but it can't, you can't let it define you and you have to let it become fuel and figure out how can you turn this into an opportunity? Like what possibly is the opportunity in this tough thing, whether it's a big thing or even a small thing, like you said, because challenges happen every single day. And if we make them mean something and throw us off course, then we're going to get thrown off course. Definitely. It's so, so true. All right. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. So your website, your social media, you know, what do you have for them? Yeah. So our website is innerglowcircle.com. Our social media Instagram is at innerglowcircle, my personal Instagram, which I just launched. So please come follow me. I need lots of followers. Um, (laughs) It's at, it's Katie DePaula. And on our website, we have a really great kind of personality test for your purpose. So if you go to innerglowcircle.com slash purpose, you can actually take 
our quiz, our assessment to help you figure out what your purpose is and what you're meant to be doing with your life. I love it. And we will link that in the show notes as well. So if you guys are interested in taking that quiz, then definitely head over there. Well, Katie, thank you so much. I think, like I said, this has just been an incredible conversation to really motivate our audience. And I love that you shared a little bit about your story and your business. And I hope everybody goes and follows you because I think you're definitely such an inspirational person. And I just appreciate your time and you sharing your insight and your wisdom and just really trying to be inspirational to our audience. Thank you. Thank you so much, Haley. And thank you for the work that you're doing. It's so, so important to connect with other women that are doing great work in the world. And I know how much you're doing and how much you're up to. And I just really honor that and want to acknowledge you for that. Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.